0: Good morning. Uh, it's good to be with you all as we um, enter this uh, holy week on our way to Easter next Sunday morning. I look forward to seeing you in worship uh, throughout the week as we walk through the last, uh, these last bits of uh, Jesus' life and then on to the celebration of uh, Easter. You know, following Jesus can be, it, well, it is an extraordinary gift. And it can also be um, costly and demanding. Following Jesus, we become more generous, more loving, more free. We become members of his body, the church, a people who are salt and light, the hope of the world. And this morning, we want to focus our attention on uh, this the, the passage that uh, was just read from Luke's Gospel. It's found in other Places, but Jesus' triumphal entry into the city, the holy city of Jerusalem, and to th- to pause for a moment and think about what this scene, this this kind of drama unfolding, means for us as we um, follow Jesus. Not merely admire him, appreciate him, but devote ourselves fully to following in his way. In the world, and remembering, keeping in mind that to follow someone is to become more like them. Remember a a story of Jesus gathering a crowd on a hillside by the sea. The crowds came seeking curiously what what this Jesus was about, what he was teaching, preaching, what following him might um, what what it might mean. And to that crowd, Jesus offered a word of caution. He said to them. Just because you have listened to me, and just because you have the right religious words about me, doesn't mean that you're actually following. Indeed, following entails more than words about Christ. More than thinking about Christ, it it involves a different shape and a different rhythm to our lives. What Jesus wants us to see, what he wanted the crowds to see, many of whom were saying all of the right things about him, is that this this invitation that he gives for us to follow involves our becoming a living embodiment of what he teaches, and not merely hearers or learners or purveyors of religious information, but a living embodiment of the teaching, not merely folks who just know a bit about the teaching and can pass it along in words alone. If we're going to follow Christ, we are then to be a people who enflesh Jesus' teaching in the world, Jesus' unique way of living and loving. Remember that the invitation that's given throughout the Gospels is not come and think about me, or come and discuss me, or or come and, and talk about me, but come and follow me. Follow me do the things that I do live the way that I live embody my life in into the world in a way that that it becomes literally literally alive for others to see which brings us to Palm Sunday Uh, we we begin Palm Sunday with an air of celebration the waving of palms evokes um, stories like the Feast of Tabernacles Uh, It it calls to mind celebrations when the Jewish people would would sing psalms of thanks and praise, literally from the book of Psalms. Uh, Like when the Maccabees went back into Jerusalem after the temple had been desecrated and they were able to retake the temple and rededicate it to the worship of God. High holy moments in the life of Israel. But Palm Sunday is not like any of those other moments of great celebration. Our procession of the palms leads rather quickly into the liturgy of the Passion, because we know that the crowds who cried Hosanna, which means something like save us, we pray, will in just a few days be crying crucify him. In this week we call holy, we find ourselves propelled from the joyous celebration of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem to the horror and tragedy of Good Friday. Remembering and, and reminding us of Jesus' way of downward mobility, of sacrificial service, that the that this king, riding in triumphantly into his holy city, inaugurates a kingdom. Of, as the children sang, of the lowest, the least, the humble. Frankly, it would make our following Jesus much easier and much more convenient if we could just go from Palm Sunday straight to Easter, two Sundays of celebration, and avoid the tragedy in between. But if we are followers, the cross is something we can't avoid. It defines who we are as Christ's people. It's a reminder to us that ours is a God who does not see the world in terms of of cause and effect, but rather sees the world in, in terms of cross and resurrection. Ours is a God who wages not war, but peace, offering God's own self as a sacrifice of love. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was martyred today, Um, Many years ago in a concentration camp in Germany, as Bonhoeffer observes, it is no small matter that God allowed God's self to be pushed out of the world and onto a cross. No small matter at all. And that's who we follow, not a self-help guru, not a genie-like God who is there to meet our every wish and whim, not a vengeful, bloodthirsty God who desires and requires satisfaction. No, we follow the God who loves so much that God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, was pushed out of the world and onto the cross, where this week all heads. The people were lying their coats, laying their coats at Christ's feet on the ground before him. He was welcomed as a king and admired, and by weeks in, all of them had deserted him. A small group of women remained. That's a sermon for another Sunday. Maybe go home and ponder that one. A few of the women remained. Okay, guys, um, maybe we have work to do. A few of the women remained. But the once jubilant crowds had all grown silent, the cross presumably just too much for them to bear, no no longer standing by his side. Peter had said, I'll never betray you, nowhere to be found. Maybe following Jesus was, as it turns out, just too costly. And because... uh, by the end of the week it was very apparent that this had not turned out well. I sometimes think, um, like the disciples even, we like the idea of following Jesus. I've had a lot of ideas over the years that I've liked. I like the idea of being a great musician. I don't play an instrument. (laughs) I like the idea of being in the best shape of my life at 53. I'm not. We like the idea of a lot of things. Jesus is interesting, exciting. Theological issues and ideas make for great conversation and discussion. We might even at times say we admire him. His his commitment to the cause, his willingness to die for it, his humility, his kindness, his wisdom. But on some level I've been, maybe you've been, like the crowds, a little fickle when it comes to the following. Up to a point, but when it gets too costly, Maybe not quite that far. Maybe just better to admire from a distance. If all we remembered about Jesus was this, this day, his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, then he would just be one more hero who rode into the city and made Rome get a little nervous. But we know the rest of this story this week We know the crowds will lay down their their branches, go to their homes, and forces that cannot abide a world defined by love will push us towards the cross. And again, that reshapes what following means. But I also want to be really clear that we we should not think that we can imitate Jesus' suffering and death as if to earn our salvation by reenacting it. That's not our call. Um, And yet, at the same time, what we must not do is keep a safe distance. The Jesus of uh, Palm Sunday wants us to see that life, true life, abundant life, is indeed found in laying down our lives, taking up the cross, and following him. And what I mean by taking up the cross, what I think Jesus meant by it, is, as Kenneth Leach suggests, recognizing that in the cross of Jesus, God has somehow entered into the pain of this world, has taken that pain into God's self, and has created space in which pain can be transformed into an impetus for struggle and healing, for a world in which pain is ended once and for all and death is swallowed up. It is empty piety to confess Jesus as Lord with our lips only and then fail to do so with our lives. We are called to answer God's call to servanthood in the world, to take up the cross and follow wherever Jesus would go, and not only to the places where where we'd like to go, but to follow Jesus step for step, wherever He might lead, even when that means loving enough that we'll, we will in ourselves step into the world's pain and brokenness. In Jesus, we believe that God entered the suffering and pain of this world not to give us a way around it, but a way through it. A redemptive way through it. The way that Christ first walked which means that you and I can walk down our paths of of pain with dignity because Jesus has been there first. It means that no matter how dark grows the night, Christ is there to light the way. There is no betrayal, no, no disappointment, no hardship, no suffering that God has not already known. It's no small thing indeed that God allowed God's self to be pushed out of the world and onto a cross. And it's precisely this God we follow. And so the cross stands then as a sign of God's love. As a reminder to us that if we desire to be followers of Jesus and not merely admirers, we can't deal with the suffering of this world by striving to avoid it or ignore it. Leach goes on to say this, the cross of Christ then is a call to recognize solidarity with Jesus who has confronted death and pain once and for all. It's a call to minister to the wounded Christ wherever He may be found. It is a call to recognize in the pain of others the form of the wounded Christ. It's the call to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to shelter the homeless, to break the bonds of injustice, to give drink to the thirsty, to visit the sick and the imprisoned, to extend the love and compassion of God to those whose hearts and lives are empty. This is what it means to follow Jesus and to do anything less, to avoid the risk of loving, would not only make us less Christian but would make us less fully human. I know that it seems out of touch in our world to be talking about cross and suffering. It be better if we could just maybe come to church, I can preach a happy sermon, we all could feel better, and then go home and enjoy a beautiful day. But, even though the cross is a symbol of the worst our world has to offer, it is also a symbol of our God's very best. It's a reminder that God was not willing to leave us to our own devices, but loves us deeply and pursued us even to the point of death and beyond. Suffering is not in and of itself a good thing. That's not what this is about. The the cross of Christ is not a call to go out and suffer. It is, however a call to mirror the vulnerability of God who risked loving. And ultimately, it's not vulnerability or suffering that are the point, but love. We remember the cross today here at the beginning of this holy week as we celebrate Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, knowing where it leads because in a world like ours, only the suffering God can help us. And the suffering God can help people like you and me because the suffering God is vulnerable. And we all know that loving makes us vulnerable. There's a risk, a cost. And so the question Jesus puts to us today is, will you love enough to risk? To risk being vulnerable, maybe even to risk suffering. That's Christ's invitation to us on this Palm Sunday. It, it's at times quite demanding, and it is a great gift. If any would become my followers, let them deny their sel- themselves, take up their cross, follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. We can play it safe. We can admire. We can keep our distance. But not if we want to love like Jesus. Um, And sometimes in this broken and hurting world, loving like Jesus may lead us within the shadow of the cross. But the journey doesn't end there. Love does win. And thank God Easter is coming. Amen.